Now dig this, Matt. Y'all know I love stationery. Y'all know I love to take notes. I love to write. I love to write on paper. I love to write notebooks. Matt, what'd you get me for Christmas this year? I got you notebooks and pens and organizers. Correct. I love it. Uh, And I find that it genuinely helps me remember things better as opposed to typing them or like putting them on a, like a text file or whatever, actually writing something down physically helps me a lot. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me get my work done. And ever since I got my new uh, iPad and I got the Apple pencil with it, I have been doing that on there and that's great. The only problem I've had with it, it doesn't quite feel like writing on paper, which is a feeling I like. We have the solution to that problem. That's right. Paper-like. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a screen protector for your iPad. It uses a proprietary technology called NanoDots. With those NanoDots, you feel the natural resistance of paper on your iPad screen. It is a paper-like feeling on your iPad. So if you're drawing, if you're taking notes, if you're using your iPad like you would a notebook... Here's the way for it to really feel natural. And Chris, I know you love that. You you have an iPad, you got a paper like, and I'm sure it's it feels just right for you. It does. It feels great to use. Also, Matt, you know I'm very particular about paper. I have yes. specific brands of notebooks that I will and will not use, and paper like feels good on the iPad. Uh they also make accessories for the pencil to make the pencil a little more comfortable to hold. They make uh, accessories to help you clean the iPad as well. They've got it all. The ability to handwrite notes in a digital form is great to begin with, but getting that extra tactile feeling that makes me happy while I do it, (laughs) that gives me that little dopamine, that little serotonin burst that I like to have, is fantastic. The latest version of the Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils designed for maximum picture clarity. You're not going to lose any of the definition of your iPad screen if you put a paper-like on there. And these foils are developed exclusively for paper-like products. It also always comes in a set of two, so you have a spare. Look, we know a lot of artists listen to this show. If you're an artist and you're looking for a way to make drawing on your iPad feel a little bit better... This is how you do it. So, to pick up your Paperlike, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, click Buy Paperlike, and select your iPad size. From now, right now, until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their Digital Pro Planner Bundle at no extra cost for every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. So if you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, to get started. Oh my god, it's comic! This is Comics Catch Up. Where we read comics suggested by you the listeners of War Rocket Ajax, that we have missed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Comics Catch-Up. As I said during the opening music, this is the show where Chris and I catch up on comics 
that we didn't read the first time they came out. And sometimes that's a bad decision. Sometimes it was a good decision. Sometimes it is a good decision. Sometimes you and I read like the first one or two issues of a comic and we're like, this is great. And then for whatever reason, we, we lose track and we don't finish it up. And sometimes I feel like maybe we read the first couple issues of a comic and we're like, mm, I, this doesn't spark joy. This doesn't make me happy. I can tell you, I did not read the first couple issues of this comic that we're talking about this month on Comics Catch-Up, but if I had, I probably would have stopped. That said, I do think it gets better as it goes. I, th- I think the arc of this book, and the book we're talking about on this month's Comics Catch-Up, is the New 52 Secret Six book that started in 2014 and lasted for 14 issues. Written by Gail Simone, who we like like a lot. The Gail Simone's previous Secret Six books, super fun, great, great. I time. have recommended them as recently as last week. If you want a Gail Simone hidden gem, by the way, listeners, because I know a lot of people have not read this book, Agent X. Agent X is incredibly fun, classic classic love agent x it uh it is ostensibly a deadpool book but there are twists and turns agent x is great anyway we're fans of gail simone here uh the art is it kind of trades off throughout the series but it's mostly by ken lashley at the start and then dale eaglesham in the back half and i believe dale eaglesham did previous secret six stuff yeah the previous secret six stuff had an array of artists here's how i see the arc of this book going chris generally it starts off very much as a new 52 book the ken lashley art is indicative of this i don't want to especially rag on ken lashley in here because it's as much the colors as it is the art itself. But the art in the first few issues of this comic is off-putting to me specifically. <laughs> it... Alright. Don't want to be mean to Ken Lashley. This art sucks. I'm not, not going to say that's like that Ken Lashley's art sucks in general. Because I'm unfamiliar. I would hope that this is not his best work, but boy, oh boy, the first two issues of this comic are ugly as homemade sin. Well, they're very washed out and brown, right? The, the, the colors are as bad or worse as the art itself, and it's very much what I described at the time, for folks who used to read Comics Alliance, as the DC house style, which they very much had during this time period where it was like these washed out muted colors and this kind of like edgy for lack of a better way of putting it looking art. Like I, I reviewed the first issue of new 52 detective comics and I said it was the Papa Roach of comics. 
Yeah. Do you, you remember that? I do. <laughs> and I stand by that. Uh, people's opinion of Papa Roach has changed since then, I think. But that uh, book was a uh, Tony Daniel jam. And we've talked about Tony Daniel's art improving over the years. But th- that was kind of the look and feel of so many of the new 52 books. Any book that looked kind of different was a standout improvement. And even though this Secret Six book's coming out three years after the new 52 started, it's very much in line with that aesthetic at the start. By the time you get to the Dale Eaglesham issues later, the colors are more standard comic colors, and it feels more like a Gail Simone comic. So there's some there's a shift that happens in here somewhere, and I don't know why or how it happened, but it I my opinion is that this book gets better by the end for sure. But if I were just reading this as it was coming out, I would have bounced off the first two issues hard. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's all I read back when this came out. Because again, like like we said, we we like Gale. We we like Secret Six. I don't think this is these first couple issues are Gale's best work either. And in fact, honestly might be some of her worst. I what? I have to I have to think it's an editorial edict thing. Where it's like, okay, we're going to tell the story in these first six issues in backwards order. Because that's kind of what happens. And it's sort of needlessly obtuse. Would you agree? Yeah. Also, the big question, I think, for fans of the series, the original series, is, where's hey, where's Bane? Hey, where's anybody in this? I mean, you have Catman. And you have Black Alice. Those are the only two holdovers. Yeah. Porcelain is a whole new character. And give Gail credit where it's due. Porcelain is a gender-fluid character in a book in 2014. Yeah. Yeah. There's not, like, it's not all bad. There's decent stuff about this. But there's a lot of bad stuff, including the thing that I texted you about the most while we were reading this to catch up, that probably would have stopped me. Like, that I'm pretty sure did stop me in 2014, is that they talk about piss a lot. There's so much piss in this book. In the first few issues, for sure. There's yeah. a considerable amount. Like, one of the first things that happens... Gail really leans into Catman being a Catman <laughs> in a way that I don't think is good. Like, he doesn't like water, he doesn't like being locked up, He's doesn't like dogs, he's a little kid cat man, that's fine. You know how when we talked to Marco Stack on the regular Ajax show a while back, I was like, Everybody said the Marvel that Marvel should have made the ultimate ultimate universe their main universe, but they didn't do it. DC did. 
with the new 52, how could this couldn't feel more like Ultimate Secret Six? It it does feel like Gail Simone's Mark Miller's Ultimate Secret Six. Yeah, it really does. Like, the first, like the first thing that happens, we're talking about, like literally, what is this? Page one, page two, page three. No, it's page four. It's the page four, panel one of this new series is. Catman telling a guy, then I mess you up so bad, you never walk right again, and I spray in your face so people know whose property you are. That's, that's gross, man. It's <laughs> like, 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 I don't want to think about Thomas Blake, uh, like, expressing his glance. <laughs> I don't even think that's a thing that he can do. Gail definitely did lead into him being a kitty cat. That. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. But so there's Catman, there's Black Alice, there's Porcelain, there's Strix, who is a member of the Court of Owls, which I think is a neat idea. It t- ties it into the New 52 continuity in an interesting way. And one of the only good New 52 books. So that's cool. The new 52 ventriloquist is on the team, and good gravy could I have done without that. Yeah. Bad character. Yeah. Kind of like... I don't understand... I don't understand this roster. This team roster is hard to understand. And it feels like... It kind of feels like everybody should be someone else except for Catman. I like Strix. I like the concept of Strix. Yeah, but probably the most Strix of anybody. Is Cassandra Kane. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, kind of unavoidable. Like, she's a Talon instead of a Bat. But she doesn't talk. She's got a past of a, assassinating people and doing killing. And yeah, she, you, you nailed it. She's Cassandra Kane. The really weird one is Big Shot, who yeah. initially seems like a Punisher analog sort of character, but it is revealed is actually Ralph Dibney. That's the best thing about this entire series, is that Identity Crisis didn't happen. Yes, this is a Ralph Dibney whose wife is still alive, Sue is still alive, but they're not talking. And there's this whole thing where she's with the Riddler. And he's trying to get her back. And a lot of this never gets explained. Like how they split up. Why she's mad. She's she's sort of a an object throughout this story. And that kind of sucks. The, the often tragic fate of Sue Dibney. Uh, but I guess there just wasn't ever time to expand on that story. And so it, it never gets expanded on in any meaningful way. Yeah, bud. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. We, oh, there's the other thing that we talked about with these, like I can't imagine a book having a rougher start than this. It does improve. But by the time even that we get to 
the Black Alice stuff, which I think maybe would have been a better first arc to go with. It had already kind of lost me because this first arc, the team is weird. There's characters I I do not like on it. Like the, like we you talked about the ventriloquist. Ventriloquist is great value ragdoll, and I don't even like ragdoll that much in Secret Six. <laughs> Right? Am I wrong, though? Am I wrong? You're not wrong. Yeah. It feels like the issues are out of order. It feels like number three and number four should be switched because number four involves them going and getting their stuff and then going to suburban Gotham City. But in number three, they're already there. And there's... I don't know, man. Well, the the first two issues are... Catman goes on this like extortion mission to a bar and gets captured. And we don't know that he's like in captivity for a long time, but he's kept in captivity for a long time. And then eventually he wakes up in this coffin shaped box in the ocean with the five other members of the secret six and a mysterious figure known as mockingbird keeps asking them, what's the secret? And none of them know how to answer that question. And there's a timer counting down. That's like, if you don't answer the question by the time the timer runs out, you're all going to die. Yeah. And I'll tell you this. Sorry, Gail, but that shit didn't make any sense either. Well, it especially doesn't make sense once you find out the answers to all of this stuff. I have a theory that all of this stuff changed over the course of the writing of this, because as it stands, it's nonsense. Because they're continually asked, what's the secret? By the end of the second issue, they break out of the box that they're trapped in. We don't actually see the breakout. We just go from them saying, we're going to break out to them being out and living in suburban Gotham city. It is a jarring transition. But when we do find out who's behind this and what they wanted, we come to discover that it's the Riddler. And what he wanted to know was which one of them stole a diamond that he was going to use to propose with. And here's why that doesn't make any sense. If that's what he wanted to know, which one of you stole my diamond, why is he asking them, what's the secret? Yeah, why is he asking them, where's the fucking diamond? And why why is he like, I'm Mockingbird, and not, I'm the fucking Riddler? Like, none of it, none of this makes sense. Why is he, why is Elongated Man there as as the secret mole? Like it's all, it's all. Well, he's he's the secret mole because he's he's the secret mole because he wants Sue back. That at least makes a degree of sense. But it makes zero sense for the Riddler to keep asking them what's the secret when he wants to know where a diamond is. Also, he wants to marry Sue Dibney. 
And we never find out why. I mean, like, she's nice. Yeah, she's nice. It's also weird, that, but it's weird that, like, the Riddler happened. Because also, okay, because I'll, like, do you, do you want me to put on my that's, that's Not That Lois Lane hat for a second? Please do. When, this is 2014, this is pre-Rebirth, it's, pre, it's pre-Birth. When the Riddler shows up, Ralph's like, oh yeah, you know, this was the Riddler. He, you know, we had, we'd never seen him like this. You know, it, it wasn't all about his puzzles and games. This was the, this was a dangerous Riddler who wanted to like fucking kill people and shit. The new 52 Riddler destroyed Gotham City. This is the first thing he did. He yeah. fucking no man's landsed Gotham City in zero year. Like, he killed a bunch of people, Matt. Like, like, and I'm pretty sure 2014, I'm pretty sure Zero Year was out by the time this started. Certainly by the time that that Riddler story happened. This, Yeah, this is fucking Sideburns Riddler. Yeah, this is New 52-ass Riddler who fucking owned Gotham City. And, like, made Batman wrestle a lion. I don't know, man. The the only thing I can figure is that there was an original plan where there was actually a secret that wasn't just which one of you stole a diamond. And Mockingbird wasn't Riddler. And all of that got changed. Yeah. I I wouldn't think this because I feel like it's not how Gail writes. And I've read a lot of her like again, I like Gail as a writer and I've uh met her on several occasions as a person. I, you know, d- I, when I was on that cruise, Gail was on there cuz there were a lot of Deadpool people and I I talked about how when I was writing Deadpool, like Gail was one of the people that I really went back to. Oh, I thought really did the character well. You know, I was a big, I was a, I was a fan of of Gail Simone before she did any work for DC. Like, uh, what was that? What was that book that she did that I think either Oni or like SLG put out? Whatever it was, I read that. Like again, like Gail Simone and and fucking Gene Yang. I've been and Chip, and Chip Zdarsky. I've been down since day one on them. I I mostly became aware of Gale because of, that's what it was. Okay, I mostly became aware of Gale because of Deadpool, but I was like, "Hell yes, Gale!" As soon as I started reading her Deadpool, and as I said, Agent X, top top notch, top notch work. Absolutely, I, I really do feel like Mockingbird, whoever Mockingbird was, and the answer to the question, "What's the secret?" had to be two different things because I cannot imagine that Gail went into this thinking, okay, they're going to be the secret six because when they form, they get asked, what's the secret? And that secret is going to be which one of them stole a diamond. And the person who stole the diamond is actually going to be the seventh member, the ventriloquist dummy. It's wild, man. It's wild. It's wild. and it fully, I don't know. It's like all the Mockingbirds, like the the first 
arc, the entire first arc is such a mess in a way that's kind of impossible to get my head around how it happened other than, I mean, you suggested editorial edict, but like the secret six are six people who were gathered together by some a mysterious person named Mockingbird. And one of them's a traitor because that's how secret six was when it first came out in 1964 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I don't know when the secret six first came out. Uh, the original Secret Six is from 1968. You were pretty close. Yeah, and and somebody was like, "Well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do all that stuff. You gotta have Mockingbird. You gotta have a traitor. It can't just be this, th- th- this, you know, gathering of uh, oddball heroes, like, you know, kind of building off what you'd done before. It can't be." The alternative Suicide Squad. Yeah. Because we have a Suicide Squad now. Right. So Deadshot can't be in it. Because Deadshot's blonde and doesn't have a mustache now. Fucking New 52, man. (laughs) I fucking need it so much. (laughs) Oh, Yeah, it's a mess. It feels like... I'm, I'm looking at... Like, I mean, this was a Mark Doyle book. So that's an editor that like you and I really liked a lot who yeah. did a lot of really good stuff. Yeah, man. I don't know. I, the, the only thing I can figure is that it's the new 52 of it all. Like so many new 52 books were a narrative mess. And this feels like a lot of those. Yeah, man, it gets better, but boy, it's, it's honestly, it's not worth it. It's it, like well, it's not worth getting through all the bad stuff. I, it it starts getting better after issue six. When we get to issue seven, where the story is a character, like all the arcs after that first six issues are character focused stories, where one member of the team, like the whole story is about them. So the art, the arc that starts with issue seven, is all about Black Alice, who doesn't have a full awareness of the power, the kind of malevolent power that lives inside of her. So every occult superhero in the DC universe has come together to be like, "Oh, we got to stop her," except for Etrigan. Who's who like comes and meets with the Secret Six to help, and you can tell Gale has a very fun time writing Etrigan, all his rhyming dialogue and stuff. Yeah, and I I think that story is pretty good because I think it effectively finds a way to keep Alice around and make her still a part of the team, even though she's got these new powers and the team figures out a clever way out of it. Them beating Superman is a little much. But I I think the story is largely well done in a fun time. Yeah. It's also weird to me that the first arc, which is five issues, has three different artists. Yeah. Like, that's, that's some new 52 stuff right there. 
And it makes me wonder, like, who wanted this book to happen, you know? Because I feel like, I, I feel like people wanted Secret Six back. Because the New 52 Suicide Squad was atrocious. It did not fill that void. Yeah. And I think Gail was probably eager to write more uh, with at least a couple of these characters. I mean, she co-created Black Alice and essentially, like, like, co-created modern Catman. That's almost entirely her, as far as the writing goes. Although this Catman is a pretty different character. In a number of ways. Like, boy, he, he really is a kitty cat. His his phone case says, I can't has. He'll piss on you. Mm, yeah. Four issues in a row with piss is a plot point in this comic, and I don't understand. There was an era of just piss comics. <laughs> like, remember, remember uh, Nyx? N-Y-X? Whatever it was called? I think it was Nix, because the character's name was Nixon. NYX, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe it was Nix as in Nixon. Oh, so you're not talking about the NYX uh, X-23 book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. That's the same book. Okay. Like, first issue of that, someone, like, you know, pisses themselves, and there's, like, a puddle, and everybody's like, look look, look at her piss! And it's like, what the fuck, dude? It's a Marvel comic! That's a that's a much earlier book than this one. That's I know, but it's like they all lumped together in my head because there was a while where it was like it was like when they found out you could say shit on TV after ten. Uh huh. Like everybody was just like, let's get some piss comics going. <laughs> you called me, when I texted you about that. You called it secret piss, and that was very funny. Except for the piss is not secret; it's very obvious. It's it's out there it's it's obvious piss yeah i mean i don't know they fired up the piss engine they really did but <laughs> i really wonder i really wonder i i think the last two arcs in this book are are pretty good though aside from some weird character stuff that never quite goes away they are oddly similar though like the story about Black Alice being wanted by all the, you know, magic characters in the DC universe is then followed by a story where Strix is wanted by the League of Assassins. And once again, the team figures out a way to save Strix and keep her around without taking a side. Which is also the solution to the arc before. Yeah. But there is some coolish shit stuff where Strix, so uh the League of Assassins who's the who's the League of Assassins envoy? Shiva. Shiva sends assassins dressed as the various members of the Secret Six to kill Strix and says you have to kill them as like a symbolic death of your former teammates and if you don't kill them I'll kill the real ones and so Strix Strix just gets them that might be the best thing that happens in this whole series yeah like I said there's good stuff but I can't I can't think of anything 
there's no good in this that outweighs the bad. You you have to get through a lot to get to the good stuff. Yeah. I do like that they collect pets. I do like there's a there's a cute little pit bull dog that that Catman adopts because his old dad is a shitty cop who's mean to his dog. Yeah, I that feel might like be because explicitly anti cop. That might be the second best thing about this book. Yeah, probably. Is is that it's it's a cab. <laughs> as soon as they move to the Gotham City suburbs, like their shitty cop neighbors are shitty. And it is explicit about it. Chris, I feel like we have an audience that is especially suited to be interested in our sponsor, Paperlike. We do a podcast that's mostly about comic books. We have a lot of artists who listen to the show. And the Paperlike screen protector for the iPad makes writing and drawing on an iPad feel like you're writing and drawing on paper. That's right, Matt. Now dig this. I'm a note taker. I'm a notebook guy. I'm a stationary guy. A pen guy. But ever since I got the new iPad with the Apple Pencil, I've loved taking notes on it. The only thing that stops me is that it doesn't feel like writing on paper, which I love. I love that feeling. It's one of the reasons that I take notes so much and write down on paper. But with Paperlike, I get that feeling with the convenience, the editability, Everything that I love about taking notes on the iPad with the Apple Pencil, I get with the feeling of writing on paper, which sounds so simple, but is so very nice. And if you're wondering how Paperlike makes it feel like that, they have this technology. It's a proprietary technology called NanoDots, and that creates the natural resistance of paper while you're writing on your iPad screen. It's pretty amazing. And even if you're not an artist, even if you're just a person who likes to take notes, who needs to write things down to remember them, you're going to really, I think, like the feel of having this on your iPad. And Chris, I know you've been using yours. It was so weird when I started taking notes on the iPad, because as much as I like the convenience, it's weird to see my handwriting and notice the differences between when I have that resistance and when it's moving across something so smooth. We're we're 40, you and I, right now. <laughs> yeah. I've been writing on paper for a long time, so it took me a minute to really get used to. With Paperlike, though, I get to just have that same feeling that feels so familiar, feels so comfortable. But I get to erase when I write a letter that looks weird which I do in paper notebooks all the time, I can never get my B to look right. You know? My my B always looks weird. What Like, I get it right one out of seven times. With paper, like, I get the feeling of writing on paper, but I get to go back and fix it if I don't like the way that B looks. And that's nice. That's important to me. I know I sound like I'm obsessing, but that's the kind of product this is. If you are the person who obsesses over the feeling of writing on paper, like I do, then th- you will love it. The latest iteration of Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils that are designed for maximum picture clarity. They're not going to obscure the image on your iPad. And every Paperlike comes in a set of two. So if you need to replace it, or if you have two iPads, you will have two Paperlikes 
to put on your screen. Here's what you need to do. To pick up your Paperlike, head over to paperlike.com ajax, click buy Paperlike, and select your iPad size. If you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com ajax to get started. All right, Chris, you want to you want to rank this now? You ready to rank? Let's do it. Where where is the part of the list where it's like there's good stuff, but we don't know if it outweighs some of the bad stuff. I don't some even of the think I would put stuff. it in the section list where we've got like good stuff. I think I think by and large, I think it's a bad comic, man. I know our listeners recommended us this book. Probably in the hopes that we would like it. Yeah. And and I like neither of us wanted it to break this way. No. The only thing I can figure is we are now living in 2023, a time where there's some pretty good comics to read. And b- both companies are putting out some some good output and not to say that it wasn't happening in 2014, but I think especially in DC comics, this book might've been an oasis in the desert. Cause as you said, new 52 suicide squad was not what you wanted it to be. No. And so a new secret six book written by Gail with some likable characters in it, and some stuff that is pretty fun if you can get through the bad stuff. Probably, in a relative sense, feels a lot better than it is in hindsight. Does that track? Yeah, I think so. Are you familiar with the concept of the Mendoza line, Matt? Yes, yes I am. Right. Uh, so Kevin Maroney. Listener, friend of the show, great guy to have coffee with if you ever have the chance, highly recommend it, uh, texted me after our last special and said uh, that, because he was talking about the the lowest ranked uh, Kurt Busiek comic, uh, which he said he was pretty sure is Avengers Forever, and that it was just over what he considers to be the Mendoza line of the Every Story Ever list. Which is the century. Which I think is smart. I think that's a good like that's a kind of a good demarcation. That's kind of a comic that has some good ideas, but is not good. Yeah, it is. For for listeners who don't know what the Mendoza line is, the Mendoza line was the minimum batting average that a major league baseball player should have to be considered a competent player. Yeah. It's a two hundred batting average. Yeah. That is currently at number 1221 on the list. And I think the century is better than this run of Secret Six. It's definitely more original and more consistent. So that's where that's where I started my look. Okay. I think Earth X is better than this as well. That's at 1225. Uh, how do we feel about the banana phone? Uh, installment of Garfield. We had so many questions. We did. Similarly confusing. Similarly confusing to this. Similarly 
mystifying in its own way. Yeah. I think the floor here has got to be Street Fighter 1 through 3. Nobody, I, I think, had to issue a corporate apology for this from <laughs> Secret 6. Yeah. Although, honestly, if DC Comics had come out and said, like, there was a letter column in the last issue that was like, hey, folks, there was a lot of this in this book and we, we want to apologize. There's a little too much piss. We, we, we've exceeded our piss count. The good people at AT&T, Discovery, Warner Brothers, uh, really make us, really made us feel like there was too much piss. So we, we would like to apologize. I, I think that's the bottom. Street Fighter 1 through 3. Yeah, I, th- I think this, this is definitely better than Street Fighter. Uh, yeah. One through three. Um, I don't know if it's better than Santa Claus versus the Illuminati, though, which is short, but not terrible. Okay. So is this the new number 1247 on the I list? Mean, that, that feels mean. I cannot say enough how much we like Gail Simone, <laughs> generally speaking. I'll, I'll I'll say this: the bits of Gail Simone personality that emerge in this comic are its saving grace. Absolutely, absolutely. The way she writes Batgirl when the, Batgirl, the Batgirl shows Batgirl up, appearance far and away, like Batgirl and Catman's whole fight, great. The sound effects while they're fighting that are like selfie, handsome. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. That's, that's funny. good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's a coat of New 52 brown paint over the whole thing. It really is. <laughs> and it's, it, it, it puts a pall. It, it's, it, it's not even Gail can save it, you know? Yeah. The only people that could emerge out of that muck were Scott Snyder and Grant. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's other stuff from, from this, from the, the pre birth post 52 era that we should go back to. And I know that people, a lot of people are doing that. Uh, I think Patrick O'Duffy is running. You talk in new 52 to me on, on the discord server. Yeah. So maybe if there's a gem in there, like I, I, we've talked about going back and reading Frankenstein. So, yeah, I think the Jeff Lemire stuff is hit and miss. Some of it can be good. But I feel like Jeff Lemire falls into the same category as Gale in a lot of that New 52 material, where it's like, the moments of real personality shine through, but the New 52 of it all, it's hard to overcome it. Yeah. So, I I think, like, I, I kind of want to bump it up a little bit, just because, you know, I... We we like Gail Simone. I like a lot of these characters. There is some good stuff in it, but it's not as good as Youngblood Glory Babe Watch. I'm sorry, it's just not. I'm fine with putting it right above Street Fighter. All right, well that is where it goes. It enters the list at number twelve hundred and forty-seven. Uh, so it's Secret Six numbers one through fourteen, twenty fourteen, new fifty-two. Folks, I I'm sorry. Again, why does the Riddler ask them what is the secret? 
when his actual question is, where's the diamond? Or who stole my diamond? That's nonsense. What happened? Someone who knows what happened (laughs) between the question being, what's the secret? And ending up being, who stole the diamond? Please tell us. I'm fascinated by it. Wild stuff. Not good. Not a good comic. Sorry. Sorry, everybody. Not a good comic. If you worked at DC Comics in 2014 and know the answer to this question, <laughs> email us. I I feel like you and I have talked about there's several questions that I would love to ask somebody if they knew I wasn't being mean about it. <laughs> yeah. I've, I, I want to ask Randy Orton if he likes pro wrestling. I want to ask uh, Jeff Johns what he was doing with like why did you do this with a lot of stuff like why did you why did you have mary marvel see dr manhattan's dick like that's a question that i think there could be an interesting answer to without being mean i would love to ask gail hey what was up with this book yeah what happened and get an, and and get the answer but i I've... i'm worried it would just it would not be as interesting as i'm wanting it to be Maybe not, but I'm. I feel like Gail would probably talk about it. Maybe not on air on a podcast, but if we were like at a con having a drink, and you saw Gail and you said, "Hey, was there a different answer initially to what's the secret?" I bet she'd tell you. Yeah, I I would like to think so because I feel like there had to be a different answer to that question from the start. If you know the answer, if you know anything about it, email us at warrocketpodcast at gmail.com. That is also where you can send in suggestions for comics catch up, send in every story ever list, send in Thursday Night Raw submissions. Let us know if you want to sponsor the show or get in touch with us about any old other thing. We're on Tumblr at warrocketpodcast.tumblr.com. We're on Twitter at warrocketpod. We have a Discord that you have to be invited to be a part of, but you ask nice we'll let you on there we are also on patreon patreon.com slash warrocket ajax it's where you can kick in some cash to make sure that we keep doing these comics catch-ups every month you can also go to warrocketajax.com to find every episode of the show that we've ever done and to warrocket wiki to find all the info there is to know about warrocket ajax if you want to find me and my stuff Go to mattdwilson.net. It has links to all of my stuff. Uh, I am going to add a link to my new Zoop comics crowdfunding project there soon. Hell yeah, dog. Uh, The pre-link is live now. The actual funding won't start for a little while, but you can go sign up for updates about it right now. It's called Imposter Syndicate. And you can see the cover if you go to Zoop. Chris, where can people where can people find you and your stuff? Everybody can find me by going to the-isb.com. There's links there to everything that I do. Thanks for listening, everybody. We hope that you'll come back and catch up with us again next month. Yeah, don't don't be mad. Don't be mad that we read this book and didn't like it. We didn't I, hate I, it. I don't. Well, I, I kind of did. I don't want this to be another Excalibur situation. 
where everybody thought we were going to really like something that I think is pretty inarguably not great. I can say with great confidence, I didn't hate it. And I'm Chris Sims. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Good catching up. (laughs) 